This is Monstras. Welcome to another episode of Monstras, a podcast dedicated to Latin American and Latinx horror, folklore, history, and all things weird. I am Brenda Salguero, and with me today is Orquidia Mo 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 Morales. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think that's my favorite one so far. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a, a disc, like a like a skipping disc track or something. Yeah, yeah. For folks that can't see, she was like chicka chicka. Like doing like yes, an yes. old school, um, yeah, like you would remix in old school ways. <laughs> now they just do it with like little levers, I think, switches or something. Yeah, I don't know what DJs do this these days, but I remember the time. Not really, kind of, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you remember watching movies where they used yeah, record players that's... to chicka chicka. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The chicka chicka, I remember that. I remember that from The Simpsons. I remember that from a lot of different things. So <laughs> I thought you were going to do like um, a wrestling introduction. A wrestling? Yeah. Oh, next time, next time, next time. So. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so as y'all know, we are doing a special series of episodes for summer that we're calling Dangerous Summer or Verano Peligroso. So please listen at your own risk, especially this episode. That's right. Um, so for Verano Peligroso, we've talked about Florencio Fernandez from Argentina. Last month, we talked about Las Poquianchis from Mexico. And in this episode, we'll ta be talking about Luis Garavito from Colombia. He was known as the Beast or La Bestia. And I think that really lets you know what he's like. Um, I hated researching this case, and I'm glad we're not doing <laughs> true crimes for a little bit. <laughs> yes, today's uh, episode is going to be difficult. We will be talking about uh, sexual assault and murder of children. If you don't feel comfortable listening to that, this might be an episode you can skip. Uh, with that, let's get started. All right, so a little bit about the killer. In 1998, a homeless 16 year old was minding his own business in an alleyway when he witnessed a man trying to accost a 12-year-old child. This man was threatening the child with a knife if he didn't stop screaming. Pretending to hug the child, the man escorted the child into a taxi, taking him to a secluded hillside. As he was trying, as he was tying the boy up, uh, he was screaming, am I a sadist? <laughs> he continued taunting the boy and masturbating Not over great. him. Yeah. Welcome to today's episode. Right, right into it, right? Yeah. What did, do you know what he said in Spanish? Did you find that quoted in Spanish? Am I a sadist? No, I didn't see it quoted in Spanish. He was just screaming it. Am I a sadist? Am I a sadist? And he kept like taunting the oh boy over and over again. Am I a sadist Sick if man. I masturbate over you? Yeah. 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 I think if you yeah. do that over a child, Probably. there's multiple labels for you. One of them is a sadist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this homeless 16-year-old heard the commotion uh, and began to actually curse and throw stones at this man. He's the real hero here. Yes. Um, angered by this, the man began chasing the teen with a knife, but the teen ran yeah. off 
uh, along with the young boy, and they both escaped, thankfully. The man was later picked up by police, where he was, um, where his identity was revealed to be Luis Alfredo Garavito, and that's the asshole we'll be talking about today. <laughs> you know, he's an asshole. <laughs> so who who was this asshole? <laughs> Let's go back to the year of 1957. He was born in Genova, Colombia. We don't know a lot about his childhood, and that's really a, something that we've noticed in quite a few episodes so far. And when it comes to true crime, yes. you usually don't know about their childhood. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you don't. It just depends on how far back. I think with things taking place in Latin America, especially in like the early 50s and 60s and stuff, like these, I think a lot of records are just lost yeah. to time. That's true. Um, so we don't know a lot about his childhood, but we do know um, is that like most serial killers, he didn't have the best childhood. So what we know about his childhood is bad. Um, he was the oldest of seven brothers. So it's a large family. And the family didn't have much money. And the father was horrible and a violent drunk. So it's a perfect combination to create uh, a horrible human being. Yes. Um, so the situation was so bad that Garavito ran away from home at the age of 16. So he was still a child when he ran away. Yeah. Um, and his backstory reminded me a lot of like the Florencio Fernandez, the vampire in Argentina. Uh, it was, you know, sad to yeah. grow up on the streets, to not have a supportive family. Unlike Florencio, though, Garavito was an actual killer. Yes, Florencio, we don't think he committed anything. No, and poor Florencio just had issues, a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Garavito, exactly. we'll, we'll get into that in the ne in a little bit. Um, so that's what we know. We also know that he was sexually assaulted or sexually abused by two male neighbors when he was a child. So he must have been younger than 16, since we know he left home at 16. Um, yep. And he also has had a long history of alcohol problems and psychiatric problems. Again, all of these factors together, just like a powder keg, um, to create someone horrible. After he ran away from home, he tried to commit suicide, and then he spent five years in psychiatric care. So, Wow. Yeah. Five, five years? So, wow. He must have been like... I don't know. I mean, by the time you're out in, in five years, wow. That's a long time. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine he had a lot of social skills um, or any skills really to make money. Um, yeah. But somehow that he seemed to have found stability because as an adult, he actually had a girlfriend. Um, and Garavito's girlfriend had a young child. And it seems that Garavito treated him well. Um, and it's not clear how long they dated. But when he was arrested in 1998, they had been dating for a few years already. So this means that Garavito was actively murdering children, especially little boys, while dating a woman with a son. Wow. Yeah. Um, and according to one of the sources, quote, his friends described him as a kind man, but did note his volcanic temper. Wow. That's insane. So, the crimes. What are these crimes that were committed? So, Luis uh, Alfredo Garavito is known as the Beast or La Bestia 
He was convicted in the late 90s of killing 189 young boys. However, sources can't agree on how many children he actually killed. Estimates range from 100 to 400 young boys. He began in the early 90s, but his crimes went mostly unnoticed. He would look for unaccompanied kids that were homeless or orphaned. He would approach them and offer them candy, gifts, money, or even a job. He wore costumes like that of a priest, a farmer, an elderly, or, or an elderly man that needed help. Really similar to Ted Bundy would do the same yeah. kind of stuff. Um, then he would walk uh, with the boy for a little bit to tire them out and gain their trust. Then he trapped them by tying their wrists together and then attacking. That's so messed up. And one of the weirder costumes that he had, according to one of the sources, was dressing up like a drug dealer. And he would offer the kids <laughs> jobs. He'd be like, hey, I'm a drug dealer. You want to, I guess, sell drugs for me? I don't know what he would tell the kids. Um, but Wow. I mean, it is, it was a job, yeah, and I guess. Yeah, and he was active in the 90s so colombia unfortunately had a a huge drug trade in the 70s to 90s so it makes sense that's right weren't they like big 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 uh exporters of cocaine yeah producers and exporters yeah Yeah. so yeah that that might have worked if these kids were homeless and needed a job yeah if you're desperate on the street i mean these killers know exactly they hone in on who they can take advantage of. Yeah. That's the whole point. So Garavito preyed on boys in 54 Colombian towns, although he worked mostly around Pereira in the western state of uh, Risaralda. Risaralda. This is the horrible part of the podcast. So I'm making <laughs> you read it. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, he didn't just kidnap and kill little boys, but he also brutalized them. I'll add here that most of his victims were between the a- the ages of 8 and 16, so they were really, really young. Not all of the victims were recovered, and of course we don't know how many he actually killed, as we said before, but some of the bodies of the victims that were recovered, that actually we did were able to find, were, were um, actually located, showed signs of prolonged torture, including bite marks and anal penetration. In multiple cases, the victim's genitals were removed and placed in his mouth. Several of the bodies were decapitated. I mean, this just sh- shows, like, a true hatred of either... I wonder if it's manifesting itself as, like, a true hatred of himself. Yeah. In a lot of ways. That's what I imagine. And of what? Yeah, like, a lot of... If he was abused as a child, then he would have internalized that, right? There's something wrong with him and, you know, and his penis. So how do I fix that? And it's through killing little boys. Um, I mean, those five years in psychiatric care didn't work, is all I'm saying. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm like, wait, he spent five years in psychiatric care and didn't, nothing changed? No one was like, hey, you know, this guy's a pedophile and right. he has these violent fantasies? He Maybe he never shared them. I don't know. I, I mean, that's... He, he sounds like he was really good at hiding his identity and really aware of what he was, that, what, of what he was doing was wrong, right? Like, it wasn't like he was, yeah. he didn't know. He knew what he was doing was wrong because he went out of his way to hide it. 
And I mean, that, and that is obvious also with the fact that he lived with a child. Mm. Yeah. Like, in his normal, regular life, he lived with a child, which meant that he understood to not shit where he eats, yeah. essentially. Like, don't make this a huge problem for, you know, or no, don't make, don't bring in these outside urges into your private life, you know what I mean? Exactly. Or public-facing life, or whatever. Anyways. To keep going, the bodies were usually discovered in shallow graves with several bite marks on them, and the crime scene was surrounded by bottles of liquor and lubricant. After his arrest, Garavito claimed that he was drunk when he killed the children and that his body had been taken over by a superior being. An article by Patrick Lynch explains, and I quote, Garavito's spree remained a secret for several years, even though... Clusters of bodies were found across Colombia. Like, how, how is he still operating, or how was he still operating when so many, yeah, so many of these, like, these brutalized children's bodies, someone should have been like, oh my god, what is happening? Why are these covered in bite marks? This is clearly horrific. I mean, covered in bite marks, decapitated. I, I don't know, I wasn't clear if the heads were found with the bodies or not. But he was yeah. mutilating, he was cutting off their genitals and putting them in their mouth of children. And nobody stopped him. Which is humiliating. Just completely a, a, a way to humiliate and kind of like just further violate these poor children. But it's just like, why? Why did no one put it together? I don't know. I mean, you were saying Colombia. Oh. That's actually the. We're yes, we will talk about a little bit about why uh but i definitely want to hear like audiences when they hear the episode why do you think that it went so long without anybody noticing because it's just freaking disturbing super disturbing yeah. super disturbing but i mean oh can i have can i have a guess Please. i know orchidea mostly wrote this episode just <laughs> fyi she's been the one kind of fully in charge of like verano peligroso thank you orchidea so i don't actually know um, but can I, can I guess that maybe because they were busy with like tracking, cracking down on the drug dealers, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> so that's, that's a good guess. That's a big part of it, I think. Uh, but there's another part, another reason. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, all right. All right. Let's get uh, into it. So let's get to his arrest, which we kind of started off with already. Um, so he was active for roughly seven years that we know of. Right. It's possible, again, that he was active before or after that and didn't admit it. Um, he was also active, according to some rumors, in other countries. Um, Whoa, so there's some theories what? that he might have been in Ecuador as well. Oh, my God. There's just no way of knowing. Wow. Um, nobody stopped him. It wasn't until police found a mass grave that things really started to heat up for Garavito. So in 98, the police found the bodies of two boys next to each other on a hillside in Pereira. And then a few feet away, they found another body of a boy. And all three had had their throats slashed and they found a murder weapon. And this is where I think the cops were like, well, we might as well try to solve this one. They found a note that had an address to Garavito's girlfriend's house. 
Oh my god. Yeah. He basically served it on a platter to them. Honestly, like I I think they investigated these murders only because it was so easy. They had to. Like I mean, they were clearly ignoring it for 7 years. Yeah. Uh so they went to the girlfriend's house and Garavito wasn't there cuz I'm sure he sensed something was up and he was on the run. But his girlfriend <laughs> let them search her house cuz it was her her house. And his property was in it. The cops found pictures of boys, young boys, uh, a detailed journal with entries in which he described each one of his crimes and tally marks of his victims. Wow. So that's how they know the exact or close Close to exact numbers. Yeah. Wow. And it's only 189? Yeah. That's so many. And it, it seemed like he took meticulous notes. I didn't read too much into it because I couldn't stomach it. But yeah. he 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 sounded like a sadist. Yeah. He did enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he reveled in the memories of those acts that he committed, which is why he was writing them down and taking photos. I mean, those are just him reliving the thrill. Yeah. It's not clear if the, the pictures of the boys were of the ones he killed or just young boys. He just collected pictures of young boys. Oh. Like, I mean, he's a pedophile too. That so. might be. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that might be what it is. So then on April 22nd, 1998, a few months after the house was searched, Luis Garavito was finally, finally arrested for his crimes. The asshole was arrested while trying to commit another crime, which is the crime we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Earlier, that's when he was arrested. According to sources, the young homeless man in the alley saw that that an older man was stalking and accosting a boy. So, obviously, he stepped in, rescued that boy. And that's... And honestly, thank goodness that 16-year-old boy stepped in. I... I I'm I feel so bad that nobody included their names in none of the articles that I saw. People mentioned this happened, but no one included his name. And I'm like, when to give this guy a medal? He stopped a serial killer. Yeah, well, maybe it's because he's a minor. and Maybe oh, different countries point. have different laws about. Yeah, so maybe that's why. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But again, he does deserve a medal. He was like throwing stones at him. I know. And to... Call the cops? Like, if I if I were homeless, I wouldn't call the cops. But he saw something was really bad. Yeah. No, he was really smart. So once arrested, he quickly confessed and even drew up maps to the grave sites. The maximum penalty for murder in Colombia is roughly 13 years. Multiplied by the 138 counts he received, Luis Garavito's sentence came out to 1,000 853 years and nine days. Wow. So, Colombian law states that people who have committed crimes against children are required to serve at least 60 years in prison. However, because he helped police find the victim's bodies, Luis Garavito was given only a measly 22 years. That's banana. So, he is... Up for parole in 2023. Next year! Yeah. Oh, no. How old? Do you know how old he is at this point? Uh, I can't math. He was born in 1957. Okay, so he must be in his... 60s? Later years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, He must be be. 62, 63. Yeah, he's actually younger, because I know... 
Yeah. Oh. Calculating what year my dad was born, he was my dad was born earlier, so mm-hmm. yeah. So he's like fifty. He must be 62, 63. No, 63, 62. Oh, you know what? Fuck, let's not go into it. He said in his late fifties, early sixties. <laughs> yes, there you go. We're not gonna go into We didn't get degrees in math. No. Okay, sorry. No. God. This is not a math podcast. <laughs> if you want math, go somewhere else. <laughs> You're just going to get us meandering through this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, obviously, the question we're going to keep coming back to is, how could an angry, alcoholic, pedophile, rapist, murderer, roam Colombia for years without getting arrested? Well, in the article, Meet Luis Garavito, the Beast of Colombia, who murdered over 100 children in the 1990s, they explained this. That's one hell of an article. Title, <laughs> but it really tells you what it's going to be about. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it right off the it, bat is like I got to click that article yeah, now. Talk about clickbait. <laughs> yeah. But they explain the social historical context really well, and they write, "quote Meanwhile, a decades-long war raged in Colombia that had begun in the late '60s and left thousands of citizens homeless, fending for themselves on the street." Many of those left homeless were children, their parents either dead or long gone, ensuring that no one would notice if they went missing. So. Haha, called it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was like. That was a big part. A big part of it was just social unrest. Yeah. That set up. I mean, it makes, it makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was a civil war going on in the 1960s. The FARC and the National Liberation Army were founded as a response to political violence. So their idea was, when they were founded, was very, like, communist-oriented, you know, give resources back to the people. That was the ideal when it started. Uh, The FARC, it stands for Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias Colombianas. Um, So they were mostly made of militant communist and peasant self-defense groups. And then the ELN, or the National Liberation Army, was mostly students, um, Catholic radicals, and left-wing intellectuals. And both were interested or inspired by the Cuban Revolution. So in the the 60s, mm. they were like, we need to do something uh, to get resources back to our people. And the Colombian government yeah. and the U.S. government saw them as a threat obviously, so they actively worked to eradicate them. Um, The FARC and the ELN have used violence, um, kidnappings, and extortion as a way to get leverage and to get income. Um, So Mm -hmm. one of the most high-profile kidnappings, the FARC abducted presidential candidate Ingrid Vedencourt in 2002. Do you remember seeing that on the news? No, I don't. I was... I was too, I think I was too young. That's crazy. I don't remember that at all. Because I remember her name and I, it was one of those names that was on the news. So I didn't know what it meant, you know? So, but but this was it. The group held her along with three U.S. military contractors until 2008. So they were in captivity for six years. And in the 90s, a lot of the FARC's income came from drug trade. So, there were a lot of issues in Colombia between the 60s and yeah. 90s, right? It's a long period of unrest. It There's some, like, peace arrangement, settle, settlement 
that was signed in 2016. Uh, but the conflict lasted, what, over 50 years? Wow, yeah. And the statistics are crazy. So this is from the Colombian government, right? Like, this is their official. So throughout those 50 years, there have been roughly 220,000 dead, 25,000 disappeared, and 5.7 million people displaced. Um, other sources wow. say that 7 million people have been displaced. Another source states that the conflict-related uh, violence has displaced more than 8.1 million Colombians out of a population of 49 million since 1985. Um, so n a lot of death and a lot of disappeared, but an incredible number of people that were just displaced that were didn't have a home. So what do you think this level of violence would do to the population, particularly the kids? What do you think, Brenda? I feel like I'm teaching mode. Oh, I know. Teaching mode. Miss Prof okay, professora. All right, all right. What do you think? <laughs> Why? What do you think this what happened? <laughs> this episode on Sesame Street. <laughs> um, so. Luis <laughs> Garavito, La Bestia de Colombia. <laughs> or Dora the Explorer. Yeah. What do you think? It's like, oh, God. So, I mean, looking, again, comparing it to, like, the Salvadorian Civil War that happened there as well, a very similar conflict between uh, the government and also uh, leftist groups that really wanted to bring about better situations for people. Totally understandable. Uh but that, I mean, that level of violence, it just displaces, I mean, I'm sure within those population groups, it was millions upon millions upon millions of children mm -hmm. who were just displaced, wandering around, didn't have anywhere, no one to protect them. So it's completely understandable that Luis Garavito had a playground where he could just do whatever he wanted to these children like and no one would care no one would question it because they didn't have caregivers mm -hmm. they didn't have the police was busy were busy doing some other stuff too i'm sure yeah you know it's just messed up it's really really messed up so yeah i mean that's a lot of uh really messed up violence so patrick lynch wrote a great article titled infamous colombian man called the beast is the worst serial killer in history Another great title that just gives you everything. That's all you need to know. Everything you need to know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. <laughs> the thesis in the title. Yeah. Um, he explains how the context really helps us understand why the police didn't act. So Lynch explains the problem was few of the victims were even reported missing since they came from incredibly poor families. So again makes complete sense. They don't have the resources as, as a poor, you know, poor person. You don't have the time. You're just like, whatever. They're gone. They ran away. Yeah. Probably. No, exactly. You probably think they ran away to find a job somewhere else. And thank God for that one less mouth to feed. Exactly. So a lot of the boys were street children, air quotes, that had been separated from their families during the Colombian conflict. Lynch writes, a decades-long civil war raged in Colombia that had begun in the late 1960s and left thousands of citizens homeless, fending for themselves on the streets. Many of those left homeless were children, their parents either dead or long gone, ensuring that no one would notice if they went missing. And when the parents did complain and contact the police, that still didn't lead to an arrest. 
turns out uh, <laughs> good, that the good police, old incompetence. I know, good old incompetent police work. So, turns out the police had Garavito in custody in 1996, but let him go for lack of evidence. That year, a young boy went missing in Boyaca, and his body was found five days later. His mother began a search and discovered that her son was last seen in a local shop with other kids and a man who happened to buy them all candy. Garavito was identified as the stranger, and he was brought in for questioning by the police. He confessed to the purchase of the candy, but claimed he left the boys alone. This was enough for the police. <laughs> He's like, ah, yeah. he said he didn't do it, he didn't do it. <laughs> so they released the beast, and he subsequently murdered a boy four days later. I mean, it's just the level of... Uh, confidence that he had that he wasn't going to get caught that nothing was ever going to happen to him was phenomenal and it was reinforced by this i'm sure by this encounter exactly. too and i mean i i really wonder how many encounters like that he had before where someone was like hey why are you looking at that kid and then he was able to talk his way out of it exactly and i'm sure i'm sure people were worrying about again he knew who to target mm -hmm. serial killers target vulnerable people they know who to they know who to get you know they're hunters that's and that's their prey unfortunately so it was obviously a combination of factors that allowed this his continued freedom yeah for seven years i mean it's it's really similar to harken back the previous episode the sponkianchis they they carried out their crimes for 20 years torturing young women killing young women i mean are they really that different from louise at the end of the day you know what i mean <laughs> I, oh that's a good question because it's it's kind of hard to they're both cases are horrible and everyone's horrible <laughs> but they were doing it for greed versus sadism and pleasure so i don't know if that's motives true. change how we feel about serial killers <laughs> I mean, again, the they're both deserving of the most hellish torture on earth uh, for their crimes. And, you know, but it is fascinating to discuss the minutiae, kind of like thinking about like the psychology behind all of it. Like, yes, the Pokianchis did kill more for greed, but I really do think there was a sadistic element to everything that they were doing as well, because they... Even if it was greedy, there was so many things they didn't have to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so many things they could have done that might have been better. But I guess maybe the murder was just lazy. It was just them being lazy and getting rid of the problem easily, yeah. you know? I think that's what it's it was. Crazy. Like for them, they didn't see the women and the children as humans. They saw them as property. And once it, once it broke or stopped being useful, we can just throw it away. So that was murder for yeah. them. Um, so they were torturing for a different There's, reason, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a different motivation, but I still think that that element of sadism is still kind of running throughout the entire, both both crimes. Yeah. And not Florencio, because Florencio's innocent. I, I think, <laughs> Whoever yeah. he is. Whoever, wherever you are, Florencio Fernandez, we think you're innocent. I'm sure that goes a long way. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, I'm sure two random podcasters <laughs> saying that really makes his heart sore. <laughs> um, oh my so Luis Garavito is still alive and in prison. Uh, we did the semi-math, so it makes sense. He's still old yep. enough or young enough to be alive. Yeah, he's young enough to yeah. be alive. <laughs> and he lives separately from other prisoners for his own protection. We don't know what prison he's in, again, his, for his own protection. Wow, yeah. really? Uh-huh. And in one of the articles, they said that his guards think he, that he's relaxed, positive, and respectful. Well, because they're not children. <laughs> yeah, they're not little boys. Yeah. Yeah. If they were, they'd have a completely different story. Jeez. And he only eats meals that are prepared and given to him by specific people that he trusts because he's worried about being poisoned. Oh, my goodness. Well, he better be because I would poison him. He's a terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, this is my favorite part. This is like a real winner. Uh, Okay. He is studying to be a politician. Oh, fantastic. Perfect person to be a politician, for sure. No, let me tell you why, though. Garavito <laughs> was hoping to start a career in activism and help abuse children after his release. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Yep. That's... What? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> what is he... Again, the confidence, the the audacity. It's just truly audacity. It's really cynical. Like, it's really cynical. Like, what are you... He's... I can already see his campaign. Like, who is... Who would be best suited to lead a campaign against, like, child abusers, but, like, a previous child abuser who knows them really well. It's gonna be like when when they get like jewelry thieves or whatever to teach the FBI how people do the crimes. Oh yeah, that's right. So. Oh my gosh. It's gonna be the same thing. I I mean who knows? He might he might, you know, he might win. Who knows if he's released in twenty twenty three. We I mean his, so recently his name has been everywhere. Because in 2021, he made a very public plea for his release. He said that he was a model inmate and is living in fear of being killed by other inmates. And the judge was like, uh, no, (laughs) you are not getting out. (laughs) And part of it is because he hadn't paid the fine for his victims. That's roughly about $41,500. So he still has to pay that fine to his victims. Wow. Yeah. What each victim is gonna get like a dollar? Like my God! Right? And it's it's just I can't believe he said he wanted to get out for good behavior. People can change though. No, he's he's I don't know that man is ne- who he should rot in prison is what he should do. <laughs> I guess we'll see next year. We might do another, you know, update, update? to see if he's out because in twenty twenty three he's wow. up for parole. Oh my gosh, I really hope they don't let him out. Because he's just going to become a politician. He's going to become a politician. <laughs> yes. Like the way politics yes. is going, if Trump can be president, the La Bestia can be president. Oh you gosh. know, like I just don't, I just don't see. I mean, may- hopefully Colombia is smart. I was about to say Colombia, please don't do that. You should know better. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully they're smarter than us because, wow. And this whole story also reminded me of, um, you know, of, uh, what is it called? What's the movie that just came out? Oh, Black Phone. No, 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 no. That, I, I, don't, I haven't even watched that. Black Phone um, is really good and it does have to lo- a lot to do with this because it's a guy that kidnaps little boys. What? What is this movie? It's the Black Phone with Ethan Hawke. It's one of the best horror movies I've seen in a while. It's not super scary, but it's really entertaining and just, it's good. Okay, okay. I might check it out. What I was thinking is the Disney movie. (laughs) Um, Encanto. Encanto. How does this remind you of Encanto, girl? (laughs) It reminds me because it takes place in Colombia and they have that whole sequence where uh, Abuelita's husband was the one that was a spoiler alert for Encanto if you haven't seen it. I'm going to spoil it right now. But, you know, Abuelita's husband is is killed by this random, like, invader or, like, some sort of um, faceless, not faceless, but, like, uh, some sort of, like, instability. Yeah. And and people from within the own country. So it's just it just goes to show Colombia hasn't had much stability in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know? And so going from one violent conflict into another and blah, blah, blah. It's just... It's just bad. Um, but that's what reminded I'm me of just laughing because we, we had very different reference points. Um, <laughs> yours was a little bit more of a walk to get there, but but I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Just, it, it was representation of the, of the Colombian conflict, and we rarely get to see that. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's where I was going. No, totally. Thank you, Orkidia, for taking my completely random thoughts and making it make sense. Um, <laughs> but thanks for listening, everyone. That's basically it. That was our very, very short episode, mostly because I don't think Orkidia could stomach all the no. minute details. I, I will say, though, one of my favorite movies is M by Fritz Lang. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it no, has Peter Laurie. It's from the nineteen forties, I want to say. So it's a black and white oh. German language film, and it's about a man, Peter Laurie, that has this compulsion to kidnap and kill little children. What? And it, it's just like this. And there's a scene where he like is defending himself, and he's just like, "I know it's wrong, but my mind just tells me kill." Like I see a child, and I'm like, "Kill, kill." He does a great job acting. And and the Whoa. the the people that are doing the the fake trial because it's a fake trial, they're like, if you are if your compulsion is to do this, then why shouldn't we kill you? <laughs> if you're yeah. not going to stop, yeah. and it's such a hard debate because you do want people to change, and I would want to think that people can change if if they're pedophiles or whatever. But at what point do you just go? No, we're not even going to try to put you back into society what you've done is too bad i think i think in this case i would say it's too bad the numbers the sadists the way that children died and were murdered it's just too much man like the only reason what as soon as i heard about him running for uh some sort of political office the second i heard that i, I automatically was like oh yeah he wants to help abuse children he just wants to get closer to abuse children when i didn't want to make the joke but when one of the costumes is him as a catholic priest i was like yeah no yeah (laughs) no yeah that makes that tracks 
tracks, but also, mm-mm, mm-mm. wouldn't trust, I would always trust a drag queen over a priest any Or day. a drug dealer over That's a priest. Me. Yeah, honestly, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at least a drug dealer gives me drugs. I get something out of it. What does a priest give me? Nothing. <laughs> I know, Redemption right? from my soul. Trauma, I don't need that. I don't need that. No. I'll redeem my own soul. Exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> But anyways, now (laughs) I will say thanks for listening. And if you love what we do, please do consider joining our Patreon to listen to exclusive episodes and any future news of of merch that we might have um, that we are working on currently and will be releasing hopefully before Halloween. Yay! I've seen pictures and I'm really excited for some of the stuff that Brenda is helping design and commission. So. I can't wait till I get my merch. Yeah, and I'll hopefully get I'm it so at a glad. discount since I'm on the podcast. <laughs> oh no! Dang it! No, <laughs> price for everybody. <laughs> Keep it fair for everyone. Okay. Keep it fair for everyone. But no, uh, I'm hoping to. I need to figure this out. But hopefully, our Patreon subscribers definitely will get exclusive. You know, first. You know first previews of everything and hopefully maybe dis uh probably discounts also i just need to figure out how that works (laughs) we'll get there eventually but that's a good plug for the patreon if you are not on patreon you might miss out on some cool previews and discounts yes and if you don't give a flying crap about any of that stuff you can always leave us a review always just to help uh boost our numbers and Get our podcast more, you know, ears, more ears on the podcast. I was going to say more visibility, <laughs> but I guess that doesn't work for a podcast. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was like, no, it doesn't work. More ears, more ears. We want more ears. Yes, throw us your <laughs> ears. terrifying. <laughs> Show us your ears. Yes, yes please. <laughs> and of course, as always, and some people have already DM'd me uh, some ideas, and I definitely, you know... We do have a master list of different monsters. So if you have any ideas for future episodes like monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, please let us know. We are always happy to hear from you. You can connect with us on social media also at Twitter, Instagram, or on our website at monsterspodcast.com. You can also check us out on TikTok as we are there. I'm, I made two episodes or two little like TikToks about uh Florencio Fernandez and also the Ponquiat Las Ponquiat Poquianchis. Poquianchis. Oh my god, how did I forget to pronounce that in like six seconds? Um Las Poquianchis. And uh I'll be making one about Garavito also. So that's gonna be really exciting. Yay. Hopefully hopefully I don't get banned from TikTok I, for talking about this. I was about to say I don't know how you post about this i'm gonna censor it okay. i'm gonna set i'm gonna try to make it as pg as i possibly can you should just show really... a picture of him and be like books no <laughs> <laughs> go read this yeah. book bye <laughs> it's like oh god but yeah so that's it everyone and hopefully you know stay safe avoid taking candy from strangers or priests And bye. Bye, everybody.